0: It is time for our midday program here on KRBN as we take a look at some of the issues that we are going to be talking about over the next couple hours. So settle in and relax as we get things going here on a chilly Thursday for sure. And Susan Littlefield is here with us. We're talking off the air. What a What a wild couple days it's been in the news, huh?
1: Oh, it's
2: been crazy now when we're talking about this weather system that's coming through and, you know, what's going to happen. But we had Phase 1 yesterday, USMCA today. I just got off the phone with Undersecretary Ibaugh's office, and they said it's just kind of a crazy new norm right now yeah. in D.C. Yeah, it just, Pretty cool, though.
0: Yeah, it's It's certainly an interesting time to be alive, that's for sure. What do you got for us, Susan?
2: Well, we're going to kick everything off at 1219 as Alex talks with Carrie Horczak, um, she's a graduate teacher's assistant for the Angler program, and she talks about her courses and some of the vision that she has for her involvement. Then at 1245, Clay talks with UNL's Matt Stockton. There's an upcoming 2020 TAPS. It's a really unique program. We'll get more details about how producers are getting involved in that. And then at 117, we continue our Women in Ag series with Chabella this time as she talks about... Uh, Brenda Krantz, she is, uh, would be watching Whitney and her little kids on our side 24-7. And she takes care of her dairy herd. She was nominated for the Women in Ag Series, so we'll have more about Whitney coming up here at 117.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Susan. Appreciate it. Thank you. We turn it over to Jason Jorgensen. I, I see the
3: Huskers got a new old coach. They did. Uh, Mike Dawson's back in the fold. Of course, he had uh, been a part of the staff that came from Central Florida. Uh, he had coached along the defensive line before. Then he left Nebraska to go to the Giants mm-hmm. for one year. Then that entire coaching staff was fired. So hey, hey. he gets returned to Lincoln. Now he will coach outside linebackers.
0: Do, any any word if he can knows how to coach special teams? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so but cool.
3: there is some scuttlebutt mm-hmm. about a couple of guys that you've heard about coming onto the staff as analysts. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Hmm. Okay. Just leave it at that. Tell it, I mean, we do that. not want to spread rumors no, and innuendo no. around of here, not. In no flagship not. station of the rural radio network. <laughs> but we do know that Mike Dawson is coming back as an assistant coach. Also, we'll talk Nebraska women's basketball. The Huskers are on the East Coast as tonight they take on Maryland. Of course, Nebraska is coming off that hard-fought loss to a Rutgers last time out, and we'll talk UNK basketball. Loper men and women are back at home tonight against Washburn. The women are fifteen to two. Men are 10 and 5. I'll have to admit, it's been a nice winter of calling uh, Loper, Loper Sports yeah. as they've been winning more than they've been losing. Uh, this, these would be big wins for the Lopers if they could knock off the Ichabods. We'll hear from head coach Kevin Lofton as the Loper men have been a big surprise. They were picking near the bottom of the yeah. barrel. When the year started, and right now four and two, they set in third place in the league standings.
0: Yeah, I don't think anybody would have guessed that. <laughs> if you would
3: have asked me that six weeks ago, I'd have said no. Well, yeah,
4: good,
0: good for them. All right, very good. Thank you, Jason. We'll turn it over to Bob Rogan. Looks like stocks are up again today. Stocks
4: rallying in midday trading as a solid retail sales report put some optimism into the markets. Consumers have been the backbone of economic growth, and the government's December report on retail sales showed that they continued spending at a healthy pace. And, of course, one of the things fueling all this good feeling is that uh, phase one trade deal between the US and China that apparently has been uh, signed. And so China is uh, welcoming that interim trade deal. Also, retail sales rose at a solid pace last month. Evidence that Americans were, well, spending some money during the winter holidays. So those are some of the stories we're watching.
0: All right, that's all coming up on Midday. Time for us to check in on our weather and how it's affecting uh, agriculture for us and around the world. This one is brought to you by Holdridge. Irrigation. Paul Perkins in here with us. Uh, happy birthday to you, by the way. Oh, thank you very yes, much. Yes, uh, yes, uh, uh, another yeah.
5: day around the, it's the sun, or another year around the sun. That's right, that's
0: right. I was uh, berating you earlier that you hadn't brought treats, but then I found out that you had, and so yeah. I
5: felt a little bad about that. So, so I didn't have a flashing sign up there said from Paul. From right, Paul, uh, <laughs> right,
0: you should have. We, we we take credit for everything around here, so that's just how it works. But anyway, happy birthday. Nice to, nice to celebrate your birthday on a really cold day.
5: Exactly. Uh, yeah, temperatures in the teens still in much of the area today, and of course the cloud cover moving in, uh, not helping in the warm up. But we are seeing some south winds that will warm our temperatures up a little. But a little bit of moisture is starting to get closer right now. Some of it on over to southwestern areas of Kansas that will be streaming north over the next twenty-four or so hours. It looks like it. It just could be
0: especially for the uh, coming into work tomorrow and so it could be kind of yeah. exactly oh, yeah yes. a,
5: a tricky travel and probably walking tomorrow morning could be some icy conditions right. because we will see that moisture move in overnight and then probably freeze on the surfaces and a little bit of snow mixed in with that a wintry mix and some light snow not expecting a whole lot of no. snow um, but it will be enough to make for some slick conditions still some chilly temperatures across the area they're just above zero still in Wayne Nebraska in the northeast corner at one above, they had the state low last night, thirteen below.
0: Oh, jeez!
5: And much of northeast Nebraska had temperatures below zero. A lot of us with uh, actual air temperatures getting down into the low and mid single digits. Much of Nebraska right now in the low and mid teens for temperatures, and also those low and mid teens on over to central and east Kansas. A little bit warmer though in northeast Colorado and western Nebraska. Temperatures right now in the low thirties, some mid and upper twenties over northwest Kansas. We are watching low-pressure track east out of the Rockies. That will team up with some abundant moisture streaming north for a wintry mix that includes some light snow accumulations. Winter weather advisory does go into effect for central and east Nebraska and much of Kansas from midnight tonight and runs until 6 on Saturday morning in Nebraska. That advisory is along and east of a line from Bassett to North Platte-McCook kansas the advisory is along and southeast of a line from oberlin to colby and tribune Wintery mix expected snow accumulations ranging from one to three inches are possible those higher amounts closer to three inches in eastern areas of nebraska ice accumulations of a light glaze to a few hundredths of an inch will be making uh, travel very slick for tomorrow morning and of course walking on those sidewalks period of melting is possible for tomorrow afternoon mainly from about i-80 and points to the south We'll see some refreezing of that moisture by tomorrow night when a strong cold front moves through the north, uh, moves through with some northwest winds that gust up to 45. Now we do have the latest advisory maps for your particular location on our KRVN Facebook page. Once again, those winter weather advisories west central to eastern Nebraska and much of Kansas late tonight through tomorrow night. It's still uncertain on how much snow we will see with this system since some warmer air will be mixing in and could keep some of that precipitation liquid. Refreezing of that moisture and some light snow possible for tomorrow night. Strong northwest winds gradually diminishing on Saturday as high pressure does build from the west. Our temperatures over the weekend through early next week. Seasonal to slightly colder than normal and mainly dry. So once this system moves through, it's going to be pretty quiet. A quick moving weak disturbance may kick up a little snow on Monday, but nothing major. In the latest long-term forecast, Nebraska and Kansas temperatures will be seasonal to slightly warmer than normal by the mid to late part of next week. Not looking at a big warm-up, and it won't last long. Temperatures expected by next weekend through January 29th to be seasonal to slightly colder than normal. Slightly above normal precipitation remains in that forecast for Tuesday through the 29th for Nebraska and Kansas, but that better chance of moisture to our south. In the latest regional drought monitor, Nebraska remains 97% drought-free. Abnormal dryness is in a small area from the southwest from Hitchcock to Furnace County still. Kansas unchanged also at 67% drought-free. Much of western and south-central Kansas still abnormally dry to a moderate drought. Severe drought continues in the southwest corner. Key weather factors impacting the markets include Midwest cold and snow and beneficial rain across Brazil. Cold air across portions of the southern and eastern plains and Midwest will set the stage for a winter storm. Wintry precipitation developing across the southern plains will quickly spread into the western Corn Belt tomorrow and Great Lakes and northeast U.S. by Saturday. In the lower Midwest, as much as 1 to 2 inches of liquid precipitation could aggravate the flooding even more. With temperatures likely to be below zero in western and some central areas of the Midwest, the chance for cold air stress in soft red winter wheat areas will need to be watched. In the southern plains, rain and no significant cold will maintain mostly favorable conditions for the winter wheat. An ice storm is possible through tomorrow in southwest and central areas of the southern plains that will increase the stress to livestock in the feedlots, also affect transportation. Across southern Brazil heavy rain occurred last night and improved conditions for soybeans and full season corn light to moderate rain today and tomorrow will maintain favorable conditions in south-central Brazil the north part of Brazil also with adequate to surplus soil moisture with more rain indicated in the next seven days
0: again it's always nice to have perspective I was just looking because the cold air that has come out through the northern part of the United States has been rough the Wind chill right now in Minot <laughs> is 36 below Minot, Yikes. North Dakota. 35 below Grand Forks, Bemidji. 35 below. So
5: and and if you just go to the east in Iowa, right true, now wind chills that. in the teens below zero right now. So there there many of their temperatures are still in the single digits.
0: Geez, they're all going. Man, I wish we would have moved to North Platte. Right yeah, now. it's <laughs> so so much warmer. All right, well, very good. Sounds like it'll be kind of a Rough day tomorrow. Yeah, a oh
5: messy situation, basically. Yeah. All, yep.
0: right. All right, very good. Well, thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Where do you go to check in on your weather?
5: com.
2: The signing of the Phase 1 trade deal with China. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the World Radio
0: Time for us to take a look at sports here on this Thursday afternoon. Jason Jorgensen in here with me and... Uh, little bit of a shuffle on the staff for the huskers here not a major shuffle but they bring in a guy who had been with them before
3: that makes sense head mm-hmm. coach Scott frost has filled one vacancy on his staff as former assistant coach mike dawson is returning to lincoln to coach outside linebackers he rejoins the huskers after spending last season coaching that position for the new york giants now prior to last year Dawson coached Nebraska's defensive line for the 2018 season and had served in the same capacity on Frost's coaching staff at Central Florida. Another coaching news Nebraska has completed contract extensions for assistant coaches Greg Austin, Travis Fisher, and Ryan Held. Austin has added the title of run game coordinator in addition to his role as offensive line coach. Fisher and Held each received salary increases, with Held adding the title of recruiting coordinator. The Nebraska women's basketball team returns to Big Ten Conference road action tonight as the Huskers are on the road against 20th-ranked Maryland. The Big Red is 13-3 overall, 3-2 in Big Ten action. The Terrapins are 12-4 overall. Huskers, of course, slipped to 13-3 on the season with that tough loss on Sunday to Rutgers, 69-65. Tonight's game tips off at 7 Central. We will bring it to you here on 880 KRVN been a great start to conference play for the UNK men's basketball team predicted to finish near the bottom of the league this season the Lopers are off to a 4-2 and start which is good enough for third place after winning both of its games last week on the road in Oklahoma And head coach Kevin Lofton says the trick now is to keep it going
4: we've definitely gone out and, and uh, you know established ourselves in the first 15 games and then you said at the early part of conference but unfortunately there's 13 more games left to go and, and that's kind of what we're going to be judged by and you know, we we got we understand that, and, and it, it starts uh, start here tonight against uh, a tough Washburn team, scrappy. Uh, experienced.
3: The wins in Oklahoma last week for the first time the Lopers have ever swept a road trip in MIAA action. Now Tonight's games against Washburn start with the women's game at 530 and the men's game at 730. We will bring you both of those games over on our sister station, 93.1 The River and on the River App. Creighton men lost a tough one last night on the road to Georgetown falling to 83-80 and the second ranked 19-0. and Hastings College women's basketball team won again last night taking care of Midland, 84-72. to 72.
0: I was uh, was talking to some girls last night that went and watched that uh, Hastings-Concordia game and just talking about how good that Concordia press is, but Hastings able to control it without any problems. So
3: They're having a year to remember under Coach Douglas, that's for sure. They are. That's a look at sports. For more, find at any time at krvn.com. All right, thanks, Jason.
6: new plan by the Legislature's Revenue Committee to cut property debated next week. The committee chair, Luann Linehan, laid out a plan at a news conference saying it will reduce property taxes by increasing state aid to schools.
2: We're increasing state aid to reduce the reliance on property taxes. Which we've all heard for several years, Nebraska depends too heavily on property taxes to fund public K-12 education. So this is an effort to switch that so there's more state aid and less reliance on property taxes. All 244 school districts are held harmless or have as much money after this bill passes as they do now.
6: The bill wouldn't raise income or sales taxes or eliminate any sales tax exemptions, and the current property tax credit fund would remain intact. The extra state aid will be paid for, she says, by additional unanticipated state revenue. Two men have been sent to prison for stealing a U.S. Postal Service truck in Grand Island while kidnapping its driver. Prosecutors say Sidney Britt was sentenced Wednesday in U.S. District Court in Omaha to 20 years. Joshua Britt was given 11 years and three months in prison. Prosecutors say the truck driver was forced into the truck in December 2018 by an armed man. It was driven to a rest area off Interstate 80 where the Brits and another man removed bags of cash and deposits from the semi-trailer and drove away in a pickup truck. Health officials in eastern Nebraska say they're investigating a string of tuberculosis cases in the Omaha area. The Douglas County Health Department said that 13 people have tested positive for latent tuberculosis and one child has a confirmed active case of the lung infection. The department says has tested 31 people since December when it learned a person from out of state staying with family was diagnosed with TB. Common symptoms of TB include unexplained rapid weight loss, profuse coughing, night sweats and fever. It's treated with a course of antimicrobial drugs. Kansas Democratic Governor Laura Kelly is proposing that Kansas burn through more than half of its cash reserves to pay off some debt early. The proposed budget she released would do that while taking longer to close a long-term funding gap for the state pension system for teachers and government workers. Kelly's budget director Larry Campbell outlined her spending blueprint during a joint meeting of the House and Senate Budget Committees. He called it a plan to restore fiscal responsibility. Her plan anticipates expanding Kansas's Medicaid program at a cost of $35 million a year to the state. Reporting on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Dave Schroeder.
7: The UNL TAPS program is gearing up for 2020 and what you need to know and why it may be beneficial to join the program for your farming operation. I'm Clay Patton on the Rural Radio Network. I'm joined by one of the TAPS head honchos, one of those that have been there since the beginning. That's Matt Stockton, UNL Extension Specialist in the area of agricultural economics. Let's just get things started with why should someone consider joining into the 2020 TAPS program?
8: TAPS is an interesting program in the fact it's an opportunity for people to learn without being told what to do and how to do it. It's an experience process, plus it's a peer-to-peer learning environment. And all that simply means are fancy words for saying, you get a chance to to see other farmers and what they're doing and to see what you're doing and test out your skills in in, in producing crops and being efficient in in a competitive environment, but it's also a very friendly competitive environment. We can learn things and try things that maybe you haven't tried before. Uh, in a way that you can increase your productivity and understanding about how to produce.
7: TAPS is Testing Agricultural Performance. This is at the North Platte UNL Ag Extension Research. You guys have several different irrigation methods and test plots so you can grow a couple different types of crops and all while the main thought is to grow as economically efficient a crop as possible between your inputs and everything. So I guess give us an overview what type of irrigation styles, what crops are available in these test plots that TAPS members can manage through the growing season.
8: Right now, for the 2020 year, we're going to have corn, which is sprinkler irrigated, so it's under an irrigation system. We also have corn under what they call SDI, which is Subsurface Drip Irrigation System. Eco Drip uh, wanted us to, you know, in the university, and water short, so we actually have that system. So if you've never used that, there's an opportunity there. And then there's also the grain sorghum contest, which is uh, also irrigated, even though grain sorghum a lot of times typically is under dry land conditions.
7: And the great thing is, whether you're a young producer or even an experienced producer, maybe you're wanting to try something new on the farm, TAPS could be the way that you can try that without, A, having to worry your banker or have to worry about hurting your bottom line if there's something new you want to try.
8: It is definitely that. It's also an opportunity to, uh, it's actually a contest that there's actually a cash prize at the end of the year, and uh, it's it's a pretty good opportunity to build some relationships with other producers and, and to benchmark your own abilities, not just... And not only just trying something new, but you're saying, hey, my system works better than everybody else's and the university's telling me this or somebody's telling me that. You can go out there and show people exactly how how your, your system works relative to everyone else. We find that people that going to TAPS learn a lot more than they expect, including the university, because we also compete against you.
7: What is UNL gaining from this perspective? Obviously, this has got a research tie-in to it as well. What are some things that UNL has gained from the TAPS program?
8: We have gained so much from this. We are so grateful for the producers that have participated. We've learned so much from them, but we've also had an opportunity to show that, hey, here's the research things that we've done, and here's how they work in reality. a lot of times, you know, the university does research and it doesn't always get translated. Well, that's on the university farm. That's not compared to what I do. So here's an opportunity to test that. Because there's so many sensors and things. We have water sensors and plant sensors and aerial photographs and all these different kinds of technologies where people can look at and monitor and see their crops and see the response of other people and themselves relative to what they do. So it really is good for that. So the university has also gained... Some insight into why farmers make certain decisions and how they make decisions and there's a lot of great things that help us to be more understanding of what farmers are doing and what's going on, not just academics, not just away from it, we're actually involved in it.
7: Matt, UNL and UNL Extension specifically is very invested in family farm transition, wanting to make sure this next generation of family farmers is prepared and ready to take over the operation. You guys offer a ton of courses. But something like the TAPS program, before a young producer takes over a major management role, a TAPS may be a beneficial thought to try. Can TAPS really kind of help set them up for success in that manner?
8: Oh man, that's actually a perfect environment, because here's how TAPS works, is that you make decisions, but they're actually implemented by the university. So you choose the suit variety, you choose the seed population, or the the contestant does, and you choose the amount of fertilizer and when to irrigate through the season. And the other thing is you do the marketing. It's all based on that, and then it's amplified to a 3,000 or 1,000 acre farm, depending on which contest you're in. But the point is, You actually are growing crops based on your recommendations and how you would do it. So if you're a new guy and never done this before, here's an opportunity that, you know, or like you've done it and you think you know how and your dad maybe says, hey, I'll compete against you or let's see how you do, you can actually do that. In fact, we've had several people that have done that. Plus, we've had some people that aren't even in agriculture that work with farmers that after going through the contest completely have changed their perspective on the amount of pressure and understanding there is about what it takes to be a farmer.
7: Matt, I think we've covered a ton of information about the TAMPS program, but I know in any conversation we can always overlook information. So do you have final thoughts, closing comments, or important information we've overlooked during the course of the interview?
8: If you are going to participate, I think it's well worth your time. And it's, it's, and it's like everything else you do, it, it's only worth what you put into it. But this program has absolutely changed the way I view producers, the way I change the view their decision-making process and have more respect for them, it also has changed their perspective on how they feel about their farm and what's important. They recognize that production is not the only thing. That's also requires the marketing, and they all are integral, and your cost control. There's just so many things in a farm, and by participating in TAPS, you kind of learn what those and how those things vary and how important they really are.
7: Again, TAPS registration is open, but get in soon. The sponsor quickly filling up. We've been talking with Max Stockton, UNL Extension Specialist. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. 12.53,
0: time for our midday business report. As we take a look at the stocks across the world in the overnights, the Japanese Nikkei was up 16, and the Hang Seng in Hong Kong was up 109. Now, the European markets were down. The London FTSE was down 32, and the German DAX index just down marginally at 287 here in the United States, uh, stocks continuing to continuing to do well. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up over 29,000 and up 182 points today. The NASDAQ was up 69, and the Standard & Poor up 19. The 10-year yield, considered to be a pretty good marker of things, is up right now at a little over a percentage point. And speaking of being a marker on things that are going well, Bob Rogan. Yes,
4: US stock indexes are rallying following solid retail sales, uh, a solid retail sales report, and um, consumers have been the backbone of economic growth and the government's December report on retail sales showed that they continued spending at a healthy pace. Investors are also weighing a mixed bag of corporate earnings. Technology companies were the clear leaders today. A mix of retailers and consumer product makers also made solid gains as did financial companies, including banks. So um, an undercurrent of all of this, of course, has been the uh, interim trade deal with Washington. Uh, And uh, China is saying the two sides still need to address each other's core concerns. A foreign ministry spokesman says the Phase 1 agreement shows Beijing and Washington can find appropriate and effective solutions to relevant issues through dialogue. So, kind of a positive, a win-win type of situation. China has agreed to buy more American farm exports, and Washington dropped plans for additional tariff hikes on Chinese goods. Retail sales rose at a solid pace last month, evidence that Americans were willing to spend during the winter holidays after a sluggish November. The Commerce Department says retail sales increased three tenths percent in December from the previous month. A government committee reviewing how the Federal Aviation Administration certifies new passenger planes for flight has determined that the system is safe and effective, but small changes need to be made. The committee was appointed by Transportation Secretary Elaine Chao in April after two deadly crashes involving involving Boeing 737 MAX. Also, another positive, I guess, out there today, uh, Nebraska State Government's tax collections. Uh, exceeded expectations once again last month. The Department of Revenue saying yesterday the state netted $473 million in tax revenue in December. That's more than 12% higher than the state's certified forecast of $421 million. And that will help lawmakers as they uh, continue to make laws and make decisions that affect our daily lives in Lincoln. So, that's
0: kind of what's uh, on the burner today, Scott. All right, uh, no recalls on uh, Takata airbags today, apparently.
4: No recalls, but um, folks that have those need to get in and have something done about those rascals.
0: I, I, I if if you check uh, your vehicle that and it has Takata airbags, I honestly, they've pretty much all been recalled. So you may want to consider.
4: Here's my suggestion: take all those Takata airbags mm-hmm. out to shooting range. Ranges, and uh, have people uh, okay. take a pot shot at those, at those okay. bags, and uh, put them out of their misery.
0: Okay, I like I like how you're thinking there, Bob. Good work. That's our business report for today. <laughs>
6: On air, online, and now in your inbox. Subscribe to the Rural Radio Network newsletter to receive the latest agriculture news, market information, and weather forecasts. Information to help you make decisions for your operation. Subscribe by clicking Newsletter under News tab at krvn.com.
1: cold and blustery, but Rodna Whitney and her granddaughter were out north of Baird fixing fence after her cattle kept getting out. With the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chebella Guzman. Whitney was nominated for our Women in Ag series by Brenda Krantz, who says she would watch Whitney with her little kids at her side 24-7 take care of her herd day and night. For Whitney, building a herd and ranching came naturally. Because I've loved cattle all my life, I've grow- grew up around them, I kind of breed cows, <laughs> if you know what I mean. There's so much of my life that it's an everyday thing. Whitney didn't start out alone in the cattle business, but when going through a divorce, she kept the cattle.
9: I didn't want to be without the cows, so I rented the the grassland that we were renting and I got the cows and they continued with the ranching business and grew my herd.
1: While Whitney was growing her herd, she faced multiple challenges, and as a woman, she faced even more.
9: So sometimes men aren't willing to even do business with you. You know, some sometimes that's a, a challenge. I, I, I've known I've gone in for parts before, and sometimes they don't think I know what I'm talking about. Sometimes I get frustrated, and I stomp out mad, and... The one time I I ended up buying the parts he insisted I needed, and I had to take them back because I knew it wasn't what I
1: needed. I'm, I'm a stronger person because I've had to deal with those kind of things. Whitney says she believes she passed some of that strength to her daughter and daughter-in-laws. She adds what gives her the most strength is her family. But I think my kids also have a
9: big part in me being able to do this because I wouldn't be able to do it on my own, by myself completely. You know, because when we... Move cows. It's Most of my kids are with me. I go move, help them move their cows, they help me
1: move my cows. That had a, a big impact on it. And most of my kids have cows. Whitney's herd is a dukes mixture, as she calls them, with around 270 mama cows. Well, I artificially inseminate all my
9: heifers, and then I keep all the heifer calves out of them and turn them back into cows. So just about every one of my cows is AI sired because I can get the same genetics out of really top bulls. I, I can't. I, I would never be able to afford to buy the bull that has the same genetics unless I AI. And there's
1: going to be quite a few of them anymore. Red Angus, Black Angus, and Herford mostly. For Whitney, owning the cattle is important, but for most everything else, she rents, from pastures to cornstalk fields where her cattle overwinter. Her children are grown, and one of her sons has his own feedlot, which she lives nearby. Whitney's not sure about her grandchildren continuing the ranching life. I think it's probably harder now than what it
9: was 20 years ago, because that's how long it's been since I got in. I've been in it about 20, 22 years by myself, and financially, it's a, it's a struggle, and it would be a worse struggle now than what it It was when I started the fluctuation of the markets. I think the property taxes have a lot to do with our inputs because I know our pasture rents have to be higher because uh, the people that own the grass have to pay more in property taxes. I think that's a big
1: thing because it went this high when I first bought my property. While the grandchildren may not follow her life, Whitney is sure they will succeed. With the hard work ethic they have acquired working cattle with a family, fixing fences, and being out in nature. With the Rural Radio Network, I'm Trebella Guzman.
7: Rural Radio Network, joined with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. And John, as we start to get in the settlements here today, we're settling closer to the lows probably than where we'd like to be in areas.
10: No, I mean, I, it's certainly taken me off guard a little bit here. I thought that three, you know, 375, 376 level should hold. I uh, certainly didn't think we'd be here that soon. No, no delivery pressure, and cash base is strong it's the only thing i can figure is that the market's just being absorbed with some new physical corn it found i don't think there's a whole lot here that would encourage me to chase this thing lower so if you've been waiting to buy it's an opportunity in my opinion
7: exactly is this because leading up to this you've talked about if we see some breaks for those spec options that may be the spot to get in
10: yeah i mean i listen there's a lot of uncertainty around what's going to happen here with China and the South American crop being large. I think that that's a factor that should lean on price here. But you look at soybeans; the they're really not expensive. So uh, it's hard for me to think that this thing has you know much more than you know two or three percent down. Um, and again, I think you have to start to think about acreage too. And then uh, you know as we start to get into the low nines, I mean that takes away. Uh, a lot of advantages, I think, for for producers in the Southeast or, or southwestern part of the growing region who don't have a great bean basis. So I think those folks look to, look to move more more back towards corn. So when you factor in a Chinese purchase and, and all that can come with that, um, you know, I think personally that this thing's a little bit overdone here, and uh, there's some opportunities I think you got to take advantage of, specifically on the corn side. I think wheat as well, or I think uh, soybeans as well, but maybe to a little bit of a lesser degree. I think corn is the one, specifically like summer call options. Um, use these breaks to buy those. I just don't think this market's going to go go too far down.
7: And then, as well, we look at the bull bull markets require a lot of data, a lot of information to feed off of. Where do we see that next uh, insert of information coming for these bulls?
10: Well, you need to see something that's like on the corn side from South America, I and mean, it's a long way to go. I mean, right now, there's I'd say there's zero premium in as far as a sour crop, uh, especially on the soybean side, but. They've got a long way to go. They haven't even planted the, the second half of this corn crop that's going to go in. Uh, the Zafrina corn that we'll talk about here between now and April. Uh, you know, it doesn't take much. You get a little bit of a dry spell. I think the market will wake up. So uh, I think, you know, we've just taken, taken some money out of the market that was put in after the Chinese trade deal. I think that's still a bullish factor here. And, and in my opinion, this is not a break you want to chase lower. I think across the board, things are pretty stable in my opinion.
7: Again, we've been talking with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel's Ag Marketing in Chicago. If you'd like to see their newsletter this week in grain, visit their website. That's DanielsAgMarketing.com. Again, DanielsAgMarketing.com. Do you remember trading futures and options involve significant risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors? Consider those risks before investing. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.
0: And that's going to do it for our midday program here on KRVN. To hear today's midday program in its entirety, go to podcast at krvn.com, sponsored by Davini Motors.
7: Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Davini Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to
8: Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Davinny deal.